Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Dan McDonnell. And uh, this is a slightly different show in the sense that we have two guests on separately. One of them is Connor Clifford, uh, who will be the first half to show, and Lee Grace will be the second half to show. Uh, it's great to have Dan back after his trek to Turkey to see Ireland play last week. As ever on Podcast Republic, Citrus, SoundClouds, iTunes, at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and uh, you know, if you're if you still haven't listened to our uh, please the last couple of weeks, please unsubscribe and resubscribe on YouTube because we did have a or not on YouTube on iTunes, we did have a <laughs> couple of issues down there, but. Uh, we, we, we're, we're, we're trying to get the whole game going again and all is good and a man who is trying to get the game going again is Connor Clifford Connor, great to see you again how are you keeping? yeah well thanks yourself yeah. you, you, we should mention here you, you have to kind of rush off because it's part of your training uh, regime yeah. you've been training hard you're looking Dan you, you had a few kebabs too many in <laughs> you were saying I was just saying outside I'm sort of uh, priced of confidence here oh, in terms man. of then, then, but we actually haven't been in this, like you were in Chatham the week before as well I, play, I played Astro Monday and I, I was I was actually Flagging. depressed getting off the pitch I was that bad yeah. Connor, I went to the gym yesterday and nearly collapsed and yeah. I was like you know, and you're going to New York for a few days and off to New York for yeah. the weekend like you know the kebabs and the bread and all this all of a sudden Stodge. just really feeling low now at the moment after this well, Connor, you're Connor's training shape. like six times a day or something yeah. he's bounced in to see, to see us and say what's no. the nature of your training routine that you're, you've been involved in um, just been training twice a day um, obviously all the weights and stuff like that but um, I've got off that now I've just been just doing pure running and cardio um, the row machine and stuff like that so, um, hate the row machine oh I hate it yeah, yeah but uh, it's, it's good um, get, it gets you going you know because Connor just to explain <coughs> to people maybe you aren't fully aware that your ban is up Next Wednesday. Yeah, next week, yeah. you, you're off for six months. It was obviously to do with gambling offences related to yeah. the, the end of your time in England, which wasn't a particularly happy time. But you suppose you've, you've served your time now. Yeah. And you're, you're I don't know, you're, you're getting to the stage now where it must be real that you're, that you're coming back. Because I assume at the start of the ban, it must feel like, when will this ban ever end? Because it's such yeah. a long way into the distance. But, but how are you feeling now that, it, that it's close? I'm just excited. Um, I can't wait. Looking back when I got the six months, I felt geez, a lifetime away. But now it's 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 finally up. Um, I have a couple of days left, and uh, yeah, just really excited. I can't wait to get something sorted and just get my career going again. Yeah, and what are your options at the moment? Can you you can obviously can you elaborate on where you might end up? Um, I'm not too sure at the minute. Um, obviously, my dad looks after me. He's been on the phone speaking to um right few clubs, and there's a seems to be a lot of interest. Um. And yeah, I just, I just, I just want to get back playing as soon as possible, and hopefully in the next couple of days I'll have some news. Is it heartening that there is interest? Because there must be. I mean, we've spoken before. I think yeah. we've all spoken to you before, and you've had some it was difficult times in the last couple of years. And you, you've, have, you've, you've spoken about it very well, yeah. and you, you seem to have come out of it stronger. I know you went to see a psychologist and so on. Um, but is there ever any fear that you, you, you become the forgotten man? That that clubs won't be picking up the phone because they have some idea in their head that that you may not your face may not yeah, fit. Yeah, de- definitely. Obviously, six months out of the game is a long time for anyone. Um, and yeah, there was at times of that there still is. Uh, I haven't signed anywhere yet, but mm. there is interest. But um, I'm hoping that um, someone takes not someone takes a chance because I, I know my ability. I know what I can do. Um, but yeah, I've a lot of I've a lot of things to prove to myself and to other people, and I just need the opportunity to do that. What, what type of player will they be getting? Be getting a hung, hungry, committed player that um, will give everything for their club and um, and can score some goals and ex- excite the fans with the way I play as well. Yeah, and I suppose before uh, I should mention that we will be reviewing the results and we'll be talking to uh, Lee Grace about the. Uh, the instance that happened in, in Rovers Watford. Um you've been keeping an eye in the league and you watched the game on yeah. Friday. What do you make of uh, the the game? Obviously the ten men was a big factor, yeah, but it, it was a good game I, I thought. I think the sending off was harsh. I think the first yellow card was was a yellow card and I think the second one was harsh. I think he kind of tripped him up. I don't think he meant to do it. I think it was really harsh. I, mean, I, I have to disagree on this now, Dan. Did, really? I don't yeah. Know. yeah, I just felt... I don't think he meant to do Alan it. Alan Cawley had this thing on Twitter about that that was so yeah. harsh. First of all, um, he was on a yellow. Second yeah. of all... He he was. This is what what he was out of position, right? Yeah. And he it was his mistake initially that he was out of position. And then in in his attempt to recover his position, he slipped. But mm-hmm. then he put his hand on him, like which I, I was like, well, I he didn't that, need to. Do. You thought that down. was just on the way down. I think it was still on the way down. I think yeah. it was harsh. Well, even with him, and I think Rovers still played played very, very good well. football, yeah. and they put them under a lot of pressure. You could see Warford weren't really 
they weren't used to being in that winning, like winning and down to ten men mm. because you could see them panicking. I think when the likes that's of still Cork a bit and, inexperienced, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think when the likes of Cork and Dundalk got play against a team and ten men, they really they punished them. You know, you, Waterford must be a team that would be somewhat attractive to you potentially yeah. because you just look at the players they have. They play lovely brand of football. Yeah, they play really good football. Um, I know one or two of the lads down there, and I think they have a great manager and they seem to play the right way as well. Mm. Yeah, I think I mean we should mention we haven't actually mentioned Ali Gilchrist's name just for people who maybe you might have seen seen the game, oh, but yeah. but um, I, the one thing I thought on it was I mean obviously the ref is judged that it's. You know, it's a, it was a reasonable scoring opportunity. That's why he stopped him. But there is something about a guy being sent off for two yellows inside ten minutes that yeah. you, you think there has to be a small bit of of leeway there. It wasn't okay if you if you take it that he really meant it, right? Even by the most <laughs> cynical, you know, by the by the most cynical interpretation of it, um, it was still like forty yards from goal. There was still a covering player. I, I think there's an element of the referee showing a bit of common sense and saying, listen, so. one more, you are gone, no matter what type of... Do you think he w- reacted whatever to the crowd a bit? I don't know. I, is it one of those that he was... <laughs> that, that he he, put, he was pulling out the yellow and then he realised it's the player that he's booked two minutes before? Did he, does he instantly twig straight away it's the same guy or something? Mm. Because I, there is just something about two yellows in, in ten minutes or two yellows in, in three minutes almost. Without, without, you, yeah. you, I mean, would yeah. you, Connor, as a player, would you appreciate a referee coming over and saying, listen... One more and One you're, more gone. You're, you're done, no matter what it is. I think if, he was, if that was at Tallis Stadium, he wouldn't have sent him off. I, 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 I yeah. tend to agree with you there. I think the crowd, the crowd really Definitely were baying for him. Back, yeah. It looked quite bad. If you were a Watford fan, it looked like he took him out of it. Yeah. And I don't think they knew it was Gilchrist, the crowd, but they knew that. He's true on goal to a degree. It's a yeah. yellow card, but... Uh, yeah. Do, do, do you are you are you any way afraid that you'll go back into the game and you'll be like, geez, this is another culture shock. I've just been out of it so long. Go into a game like that on Friday night. Um... I don't think so. I think, I think when I first come on and start playing the league, it was a bit of a shock. So I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. Um, and I think now I know what to expect. And I think maybe when I first come over, I wasn't as fit as I should have been. Um, I put my hands up to that. And that was I, after a ball and mud. Yeah, it? again, so coming to Dundalk, I didn't know what to expect. And hitting that preseason was probably the hardest preseason I've ever done in my career. Um, it was really tough. Graham Bourne, the lads were so fit, obviously from having their run in Europe. Um, and then once I got the grips, I was feeling great. I, I got myself in, in peak shape. And I think this six months has really given me a chance to get my head down and look after my body and train as hard as I can because I know what to expect. I know this be my, wherever I go, I know this be my last chance in my head to play at a decent level. But you're still young. Yeah, but I still feel this is my last chance. I've had a lot of chances in football of being on different loan and stuff and that nothing's clear. Some pl- place I've clicked, some places haven't and I really feel this is, I won't get another chance after this so I really need to take with both hands and just, I will. Just Dan and I have both done a piece with you in the last month or two but just, just to, to describe the nature of the band briefly, yeah. it, was, it was quite shocking. I honestly couldn't believe you really, you couldn't even train with lads no. and you couldn't even go to the cup final, couldn't go to a no. game. I... I, I mean, it's irrelevant what I think really, but I, yeah. I felt very sorry for you, being honest. So could you just give us the nature of that again, what, what actually the six-month ban entailed? Um, the six-month ban was, um, obviously wasn't allowed to play football, wasn't allowed to train with my club, um, I wasn't allowed to go to be in football stadiums, um, I wasn't even allowed to play for my local team in the park, or I wasn't allowed to be around kids, I wasn't allowed to coach. It was just a worldwide ban, complete from football. I just, I that just was, think he's like a, it's like treating yeah, him like, like a prisoner. Like I really do, Dan. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, I, I think mean, they're you, sending out a message, obviously. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a tough one because <clears throat> you can always take the individual case and think that it's harsh, but then there are issues with gambling and football that there needs to be a zero tolerance yeah. approach. Yeah, and there's, I agree. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a sort of a the individual case that seems difficult because it wasn't a serious offence and yeah. I know that you were worried about being stigmatised with, yeah. the, with the worst excesses of gambling and exactly, football yeah, that are yeah. elsewhere but it's a, t- it's a difficult one like you, you admitted the offence as well so mm. you know it, 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 it seems unfair to me in the, in the complete uh, absence of being able to say go in and work on your badges or do something yeah. to improve yourself as a you know, as, as a person that, when you're out of it. Against you know. that, you, you freely acknowledge a lot of your teammates were gambling. It was just, they weren't doing it obviously in their own name yeah. account, which you <laughs> yeah. were. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. yeah there, there were two embarrassing aspects of your account. First of all, it was your own name and second of all, you, you couldn't back a bloody winner. Like, <laughs> no. But but the, the the boys, you were saying on the bus, like the boys were gambling. Like it was just, it's, it's, it's fairly rife-like. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Is, it, is this actually working? 
is my question. The fact, like, is their hardline attitude actually working? Because people are obviously still betting. Um, to be honest, no. I don't think they'll ever stop it, to be honest. Mm. Um, they've stopped me because mm. <laughs> I'll never, ever make that mistake again because what's it's after costing me. But, um, yeah, I don't think you'll ever stop lads having a punt here and there. Mm. It's kind of like jockeys, Dan. They can't bet, but obviously a lot of them do. Do you know, yeah, and but it's, it's like, that nod in the wink. It's just that like mm. we, we, you know, life. You know, people. Uh, some people are shrewd about, it. and I think, th- and there is also rules about you know your own jurisdiction and so on as well. Mm. The people aren't fully on top of. I mean, you know, uh, footballers here can still do about on the on the Premier League. Like, uh, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, and, yeah, which is uh, right. I, I do. I do think it's kind of it's tailor made though for lads to fall into problems as well because they've so much time in their hands and the amount yeah. of stories I've heard of lads who've just lost a lot of money. Yeah. Even a few League of Ireland lads right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just. It does worry me a bit that it's it is kind of quite frequent in the game that lads go down that route, like and not the betting you were doing, but actually problem gambling. Like I think a lot of lads, I think they don't do it obviously to win a few quid, but I think a lot of lads just do it as like an exercise to try because they like watching football and just Mm. a bit of interest. Give them an interest to try like see what who would be like. I think that team would be that team, and as like a bit of an exercise kind of thing. Not. I don't think a lot of lads that I knew they weren't really bothered about. The money because they are they are on big money. They just done it for like it's a hobby, a hobby, hobby. entertainment, yeah. and just to see if they could get it right, pick out some teams and stuff like that. So you wasted a lot of your money back in the day as well. Yeah, I did. Yes, um, stupid stuff, really. Yeah. Just too young. Yeah, I just I got given too much too young. I think, and um, yeah, you got caught in a bubble over there, you know, as you do, and you think it'll never end. Um, spending money on clothes and watches and stupid stuff really immaterial things that you don't need and if I had the head on me now which I did when I was back then I wish I did have the head on, on me now but uh, live, you live and you learn as they say and um, yeah that's all in the past now you know do, do you learn more about yourself now in the last couple of years that uh, I guess yeah. you know when you were 18 you'd never had a disappointment I guess yeah. in your life and do you learn more when you've had to encounter a couple of setbacks. Definitely, definitely. Cause since I've been young, everything was rosy, you know. I never had any disappointment in football. Everything was always up, up on a high with the Irish team and all the way up um, playing for Chelsea. Everything was always on a on a high. I'd never any setbacks. And then once you get one, it tends to they tend to come and keep coming and keep coming. But um, yeah, that's, I'm just. All that's in the past now, you know, I'm really um, focused on what I have to do now and um, I'm in a great place and I feel great at the minute, to be honest. What about faith in your own ability? Like, if your career trajectory is downwards since the Chelsea days, yeah. can you arrest that and bring it back up? Do you, are you confident about that? Yeah, 100%. If I didn't think that, I wouldn't have worked my nuts off all the six months. I would have just packed it in and gone into coaching or done something else. But would you have stayed in football? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to do coaching or something like that, but um, no, I'm I'm still young and I know I have to build. I just need to run in games and I know I can be one of the best players in the league. You still, and like, because you're quite small for a midfielder. I yeah. remember Paul Ince, you said, yeah, said yeah, that yeah. early on, but yeah. like, you don't find, I mean, I guess you look at Roy Keane, he wasn't the biggest either, but no. that's not an impediment in your eyes. No, it's never bothered me, never. It's, ever since I've been young, I've played against the best players in Europe and the world and never, never thought of about my height once obviously mm. one or two managers have said um, little things to me but um, no I, I get stuck in and I don't height never bothers me to be honest Is there any chance to be playing European football do you think this year? I hope so I hope so um, but I'm just looking to get in a team and just get get playing and run of games I haven't really thought about playing in Europe but if, it, if that happens it's obviously a massive bonus and um, yeah we'll just see what happens Yeah I mean how would you assess the Dundalk stay because you probably didn't play as much as, yeah. as you would have liked um, but you mentioned maybe at first that you were taken aback a bit by maybe some of the levels like yeah. how would you assess your contribution there sort of overall um, I think I've done quite well um, I played in a lot of the EA sports games and the Lens Senior Cup games with mm. the younger lads and um, yeah I always put 110% in I looked after the young lads who I played with and um, I think scored 6 or 7 goals in them cup competitions, um, I didn't get as much game time in the first team as I would have liked. But um, yeah, I every day I come into training, I worked so hard in training, um, and I really enjoyed my time there. They're a great group of lads. Obviously, Stephen Kenny, a great manager, and Vinny, the coach. Um, every session was 
intense and just the way every footballer would would like every session was set up spot on um great intensity and everyone loves it down there and you can see why they've done so well because it's so professional down there did it take you a while to just learn about the league and because I mean, it's not something you would have been hugely aware of no. i guess when when you were away yeah that's as i said it did it was tough when i first come in um probably i didn't expect it to be as good and as intense and um how stupid i was for thinking that and uh, definitely learned from that from thinking like that and um yeah, I know what to expect now. Yeah, and Dan, you you did a lovely piece about um, just your your time. I suppose at the end in Britain was quite tough as well. Yeah. The, I think people don't appreciate that, and it must be a common thing for, you know, if you go back to I suppose the forties or fifties, so many people left Ireland to go to England, and yeah. there was an alien environment. But as a footballer as well, you have so much time in your hands, and I suppose if you could dwell on the fact that your career was probably not where you wanted it to be, and you did get quite depressed. Yeah, it was some tough times over there. Um, Really, in the last two years over there it was tough. Um, yeah, I was in a wasn't in a great place, but that's all behind me now. Um, I spoke to people and cleared my head, done what I had to do with that, and uh, yeah, that's all behind me now. I'm feeling great. I'm, um, I'm happy outside of football, even though I'm not in football at the minute. But my life outside of football is great with my family and my girlfriend, and um, I'm training hard. I'm really enjoying my training. And was it easy to just come back to Ireland? Um, at first it wasn't, it was a bit difficult coming back to the, my mum and dad's house, cause living on my own since I was 17 was, the little things was tough, you know, like my mum giving out to you for dirty room or whatever. <laughs> but, um, if you went on first dates now, like you'd be, they'd be so what, what's your story? <laughs> well, I live with my parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> my, my Ola goes to the park to, to tie me when I'm running and my mother makes my dinner every day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh I know. yeah, I shouldn't be here, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, back in Parmesan, Pats would be yeah. an obvious fit, would they not? Uh, yeah, Pats right on my doorstep. I'm a, actually, I'm a I'm Pats fan. My dad used to take me down there every Friday night. Me and Andy Boyle be in the shed singing, uh, singing the old Pat Did songs. not know that. Yeah, me and Andy. The much lamented shed. Yeah, yeah we'd be down the there back in the day singing the songs. But um, yeah, Pat's a great club, and um, yeah, it would. it's a possibility anyway. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I hope, um, I hope so. Yeah, I hope I've, there's a few options, and hopefully, um, one of them works out. You, mm. know? you, um, <clears throat> you mentioned Andy Boyle. There, you were over with Andy recently, weren't you? Yeah, in Manchester with the Groves and you yeah. fight because you're a huge boxing fan. You oh, both yeah. are. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big boxing fan. Andy is as well. Um, yeah, I knew he was going to the fight, so we met up at the fight and went out for dinner after. So because you've been in a bit of boxing training, though, that's why I was sort of yeah. bringing on. Yeah. Have you, how did that come about? Um, I think when I used to come home in the summer, I used to go down to Matchy's Boxing Club. Um, in Ballyfermot, do a bit there, and then obviously in St. Catherine's, there's a boxing gym that's nearby us here in yeah, Dublin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just around the corner. And there's um, a, pre- a previous, he used to um, coach the Olympian boxing team in there. Ego, his name is, he's a Ukrainian lad, right? He's tough he as sound, nails, he sounds, he sounds <laughs> already nails, like yeah. Yeah. Um, Igor. So he, he puts his through me paces in there as well. It's just different, um, just different type of cardio training and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, so you've only you've only a few days left now, April the second. Yeah. yeah. It's actually my uh, my granddad's anniversary. Ah, lovely, lovely. So um that's what my mum was saying, it couldn't have worked out any better, you know. Hopefully yeah. that's a good omen. Well um when are you expecting to get a club then, I suppose? Just Johnny, you're like you're pushing him here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to, the longer you're out of the game, Johnny's the easier looking for a bit of a, Johnny's looking for a bit of an agent's cut here as well. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. something there's something going on here, I, you know. I need more work. Just dropping dropping names into the into discussion here. April the second. We yeah. watched that boxing fight as well. I was like, you I did. actually can reference that boxing fight. You did, Don't yeah. remember it, but we did yeah. watch it. Yeah. But um April the second. In fairness though, it, it it just must be such a weight off your shoulders, like to have that I'm a free man effectively. And yeah, yeah, that's such a um, as I said it's been a long six months I've been counting down the days and yeah. it, it's nearly here now and I'm just itching just to I can't wait to get back have you had a kick about yeah um, every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon I'm playing indoor in there and in the Catherine's it's a, it's a yeah, council Catherine, gym isn't yeah, there? it's a council facility it's, just be, it's indoor but it's an intense work up a sweat just touch of a ball and on a Monday play Ashtore with my, my father and my uncles and uh, 
and my friends it's like bloody FA Cup final up there you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. killing each other we might get a game in but, uh, have, you, have you turned down Johnny's Astro he, he did he was flaky he yeah. gave some really strong oh, no. <laughs> dodgy oh, oh, excuse okay, you had to okay. go you want to play this Thursday if you want this Thursday beautiful yeah. I, I think that's it Connor. both of us yeah. obviously met you for for a couple of interviews lately and I, I, I came across I came out of the interview just thinking that I really wish you the best I thought you were a great lad and I, I thought um, that you deserved a second chance but um, it's been great having you on Dan hopefully yeah. we'll see him soon in the game now just back as a, a normal player in the game mm. yes and that's that's probably all you want really that's to it. be isn't it definitely yeah. yeah I just want to make some headlines for doing on the pitch and that's it, you know. And if anyone wants you, they have to get on to your dad, is it? <laughs> yeah, your dad. Or, or Johnny Ward. Yeah. Or Johnny Ward. Care yeah. of Johnny Ward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy days. Thanks, lads. And here we are for part two. And now we're joined by Lee Grace. Lee, great to see you. Thanks for having me, lads. Good to see you. Uh, happy days uh, to have a fella in from uh, Shamrock Rovers for the first time this season. We had a few Rovers lads on last season, and. Uh, be good to see how things are going because obviously you had a little bit of a difficult Friday night, but things are going all right in general this season. Yeah, I thought obviously we didn't get off to the greatest start against Bowes. Um, there wasn't much football played in that game, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, but since then we kind of kicked on, had a bit of a blip against Waterford obviously, but other than that I think we've been performing well and no one has really dominated the game against us. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. We'll we go through the, the, the results. Um, Dan, you were in Turkey, so you missed a round of games and you're you're going to miss another round of games this weekend due to uh, a trip to New York, which in fairness is a good excuse. Yeah, it's not a bad excuse. Yeah, yeah. no, there was definitely more entertainment in Friday night's games than there was in the game in Turkey. Friend, actually, it was actually interesting that it went into... The Waterford the, game. It went straight from the Turkey-Ireland game into the Waterford If Robbers anyone game. actually watched both. I, I know people that did. And I think there was a... there was a And people who wouldn't necessarily be League of Ireland sort of people as well who were like, actually, this is quite entertaining. But it was... It, I have to say, Waterford and Rover like when they're on their game play good good ball like and geez, if, if Rovers had, had actually not gotten the sending off which we were discussing earlier on I think they could easily have won the game I think, I think Waterford have been a good addition though oh big me. time like you've, you've brought a team into the league who are full time who are at a certain standard already and they're just, they've are just they become an extra player at the top half of the big table time. which is really good they're not coming in and just sort of adjusting to the league they're, yeah. they're mm. going to be and they're bringing good crowds as well. Like they're definitely push for Europe. They're going to hang around. Outside chance of pushing for the league. Outside chance. Like nah, I'm, I'm saying about twenty five to one. Nah, but David, yeah. Tell them why they're not far. They're not bad now. No, they're, they're, not, they're not far off. They're not far off. In fairness, mm. they play good football, as you said. And Waterford is a tough place to go. They have a big crowd, mm. and yeah, they do play some nice football. We, we go through the results first of all. So Bowes to Bray won the the lock of the week. I think just scrambled in Dan it was actually Sounded like Bray enough. actually played okay. But, yeah, uh, I just mentioned my mate Jamie Connors. He goes, yeah, I mean we've played a lot worse this season and uh, and and got uh, sorry we've played a lot better this season and got nothing out of the game. And then in the same WhatsApp um, message, he told me he he'd spent the whole game in the bar. So he didn't even watch the game. Like so anyway, he was going on here say there. Pat's won Limerick nil. Burmo. On the show last week, pops up with a goal. We know what's going to happen this week. This week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lisa, you want to get your act together as well. Not scoring enough goals at Rovers. Watford 2, Shamrock Rovers 1. Uh, and then Saturday, Sligo Nil Dundalk 2. Watched a small bit of that game, Dan, um, on the match, on the track champ. The, the, is that legal? Uh, yeah. How was that? Track champ. Yeah. You're meant to be outside the jurisdiction. Where were you? Um, where was I? I was in Dublin East, same thing really. <laughs> yeah, I was in Fatima. It was an illegal stream. Okay, uh, and we don't have the first division results here. What's going on, Owen? Oh, we do have them. Um, I was in uh, United Park for Drogheda 2, Galway 2. Harps won, Wexford nil. Cabo went down 3 1 at UCD. Shelsby Cove, big win for Shells there. Saturday, Longford went behind against Athlone and won 5 1. And then Monday night, much to my chagrin, because uh, I, I was I had a bet in the game, Drogheda beat Harps 2 1. But Harps down to 10 men and a red card for Cowan for. Um, oh, actually, I'm, like I'm just going to bring this up, right, very briefly. So apparently, what happened was, right, and it's a bit like Andy Boyle in the leg you'd done in that time. And I'll ask you, you this, this time, Lee, because apparently Cowan. Like blocked the ball completely accidentally with his hands. Now the ball might have been going in, but it was completely accidental, and he got sent off. So if you're a defender, right, your your hands are in a natural position, not unnatural. It hits your hands, no intention. You're sent off, and it's a penalty. Your head is gone, really, isn't it? Mm. Um, there's not much you can do. Like some some refs obviously give that, and some don't. Some would obviously just give a penalty, don't give you a red. It was obviously in the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone just give a give a penalty, yellow card, and that'd be it. But Mm. Yeah, he's after getting kind of 
double whammy there, yeah. The double whammy, yeah, because I, I thought he did it on purpose and I was like, you're better off to let the ball go in and have 11 players. Yeah. But he didn't. It is one of my, it is <laughs> one of my, it is one of my gripes in football though, handballs when there's no intention whatsoever. I, it really no, no, does annoy true. me. Particularly when you've backed the other team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really hurts you. Right, yeah. right. Let, let's cut to the chase and you can, you can ask Lee the first question then. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Is this like a formal interview here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, bear in mind now, he is from Carrick on Shore, so, you know, he, and he have is to get the, through the that, that, that John Kelly type action. Lee is from Tip and not from Waterford, because this is the crucial thing, because you probably appeared in print several times as Waterford man, I'm guessing. I've actually said sometimes I'm from Waterford just to, you know, make it easier, because people don't really know Tip, but no, I am from Tipper area. Yeah. Carrick and Shore is split into two counties, and I'm on the Tip side. The, the, the Tip pedigree in football now, I'm thinking Shane Long... I'm thinking Richie Ryan. There's not too many others, is there? No, there's not. Around the league at the moment, say. Or and them two are actually North Tip. There's no one actually from down around my area, South Tip. The last person I think down from my area was uh, Daryl Cavanaugh. That's the last one I can remember. Okay. What's he up to now, actually? He's in New York, I think, at the moment. Just calling team. He is actually. I think he's playing for. Um, I think he's playing for a team over there that, as an Irish. Yeah, uh, something. An Irish something team. boys they're called. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. I, I, he was I, a good player. Yeah, yeah he was I was a quality player. player yeah. yeah. So actually, I, I did. I forgot that Daryl Dar- was from that neck of the woods. And as well. the other one I can remember is just Michael Cody. He was playing at Waterford, the left full. Right. That's about the only people I can remember. Is it all kind of hurling down there? Uh, the majority of it's hurling. Yeah, yeah, hurling. Not so much football, but yeah, hurling is the big one down there. Your your background is is I was actually talking to Shane Keegan about this. Your background is bizarre. I'm not sure if many people know this, but you were recommended to Shane Keegan by a referee who actually refs in the league. Um, I'm not going to name him primarily because I can't remember his name. But uh, you were a fellow was refing a game you were playing in. Can you can you elaborate on this story? Because I, I thought it was fascinating. And Shane took his advice, and there, and here we are today. You're on yeah, LOI the week. referee. His nickname is Mash. Actually, I can't even. I don't even know his full name now. To be honest, if you're listening, Mash. Mash. I'm sure he'll he'll hear it sometime. But yeah, Mash. I think Shane only taught me this. I didn't know this at all. He recommended me too. What Shane. level was this? Sorry, were you were you was playing? It, I was playing junior in Watford, Watford City with right. Carrick United. Um, so he recommended me. But I, while I was in the army. On the Irish Army team, there was a couple of Wexford Juice players on that, and they also said to Shane. So a week or two after I came back from France, playing with the Army team, Shane came and watched me, and yeah, that was it really. The Army, that what was the the, the background behind you going to the Army? I just always wanted to go to the Army. To be honest, if I didn't if I didn't get to play football, I wanted to go to the Army. And what luckily, was the motivation? Um, I don't know. A few of my friends went in and they liked it, so and I just liked the outdoors and all the adventure stuff really. Yeah, so I just went for it, and I eventually got in. It took me. Took me three attempts to get in, but I got in, and then luckily enough, I I got into football because of it. That's an intensive fitness test, though. The army, isn't it? The process of getting in. Uh it's it's a fitness test. I wouldn't say it's intense. If you right. can, if you can't pass it, there's something wrong. Like basically, yeah. yeah, it's not the toughest fitness test to get in. But once you're in, yeah, the fitness is high high quality. Yeah. Yeah. So is is it in a strange way has it been preparation for uh, you know the life that you've gone into? Oh well, yeah. I took a few things out of the army. I mean, discipline. You know, um, the fitness level side of it. Yeah, I've taken a lot out of the army, so I can't um can't say a bad word about Where it. Where were you based? I was based. I trained in Limerick. I then got transferred to Kilkenny once I passed out. Once I became an actual soldier, if you say. Um, I was in Kilkenny then for about a year and then obviously I left for Galway. Is it not annoying that like, you, you, would you join the army with a view to going abroad for like the Lebanon or something like that or, or are you realistic that it mightn't happen? Um, yeah, obviously everyone joins just to do that. They want to see see the, that side of the world and do their tour, tour away. Actually, two of my friends that I trained with are actually going in the next two weeks. So if I had a stay, I would have been going with them. Where are they going? They're going to Syria. Wow. Yeah, Is that s- the Golden Heights? Or? Mm, yeah, yeah, Golden Heights yeah, for six months. So I would have been going with them but obviously. I'm not. <laughs> Stephen Bradley wouldn't be a fan of you heading no, off the Golden Heights. No, so. I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> I see Rovers went to, did Rovers go to the Army Barracks in the off-season? Was there some... We uh, did, we went to <clears throat> McKee Barracks in Dublin. Yeah, it was a it was good crack. I was well used to it. I was going to say, were you strolling around and sort of with the uh, swagger going? And I, ca- I kind of knew what was coming for us, but the boys didn't. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't get any surprises when we, well, we got pushed for our paces. The, the, any, any people struggle in particular? I won't name names, there's a few people struggling. One, I could have been one of them, but I won't say that. <laughs> yeah, and were there many good ballers in the army? Actually, um, there was a few. The team I went to with France, the European Championships, there was there was five or six playing with Wexford Jutes at the time. So I have to have the Wexford Jutes because I was there. Yeah, so not in bad standard. How did you find the adjustment to the League of Ireland? Actually, initially with Wexford, um, not too. Well, obviously it was a better standard than what I was playing, but I think I, I think I. 
came across well and I think I started well, yeah. And then Galway United. I mean, as a Galway United fan, we 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 uh, we really love Jane Galway because we just uh, well we we was yourself and Stephen Fallon. It was a hell of a even though we conceded quite a few goals well, throughout the season. It was a very talented back back two. Yeah, it was. Like, Stephen obviously got his move to Dundalk then as well. So yeah, we were you could say we we're two good players, but we did concede a lot of goals for some reason I don't know. But obviously two of us did well because two of us got our moves. What was the nature of the move to Rovers in? Because obviously a lot of people in Galway were really annoyed and Galway ended up getting relegated and a lot of people would say they got relegated because you left. Um, <laughs> they weren't blaming you, they were actually blaming uh, the sale, but uh, they didn't blame you at all. But anyway. Yeah, look, it was a sticky situation. I mean, it was halfway through the season and um, I got a few phone calls off Shamrock Rovers. Um, and look, I just told them that I wasn't going moving until the end of the season because obviously you don't want to leave someone in, in, in like that. Um, but they kept calling back and they kept offering the board of Galway money, obviously, and then the board obviously accepted the money they offered. So they kept coming back to me and I kept saying no and it was the third or fourth time they came back. They offered me something I couldn't turn down, so I just had to take it. Do you know what the strange thing about this is, Dan? If they had held on to Grace and finance had been a bit more stable, Galway probably would have stayed up mm. and kept, I believe, most of the players they had last season, which would have included Ronan Murray, Stephen Folan, uh, and and Hale, um, to name but a few, and Lee Grace at the time, and, and oh, he was heading off. He, we've just been told he was uh, leaving at the end. He was leaving at the end. Of the right. Fair enough. He was done. He was gone. <laughs> Get over it. But, but <laughs> he was done. It's just funny the way things yeah. work out because they, they, <clears> the board just needed the money at the time, and they, they would say if if Lee Grace's money hadn't come in, they, they mightn't have got through the end of the season. But that's the margins in the league. Mm. I like, think of there's many teams you can go back over in the last eight or nine years and say. If if they hadn't if something hadn't happened if that team hadn't split up what a team they could have been you know and that's mm. why we, what we've lacked is that real consistency of squads for like three four years at a time maybe we're getting towards it a small bit now but I'm sure if you look back to you know the the breakup of of various sides that have gone down over the years if they kept them all together or or something you've touched on before if if people didn't need to leave Galway in the first place you know if Stevie O'Donnell was in Galway if Daryl Horgan had been in Galway if all the Galway lads had been you know, at Galway, or the, even the Galway Patrick Mayo Patrick Holman, David Ford, yeah. Rory Gaffney. Yeah, it would have been a pretty decent... But that's just the nature of it is the players that are pro players have to follow where the pro contracts are, effectively. How did you find your time in Galway? Oh, I loved it, I loved it. I mean, I lived with lived with Gary Shannon, Kevin Devaney, um, and a couple of the young fellas then. It was great crack, great city, and yeah, I enjoyed my football up there. But just to explain, we had, we had someone like we had Connor Clifford in earlier who <coughs> was a full-time footballer from the age of 15, whereas when you went to Galway, that was your first year as a full-time yeah. pro. How yeah. old were you then? It was like 20... I was 20 when I went to Galway. Yeah. Sorry. I was 22 or 3, yeah. was I? Yeah. And how did you find the adjustment to suddenly being a full-time footballer and that actually being your... Not something you did around your, your other commitments. This was your, your world, I guess. Yeah, it was strange because obviously in the army you're, you're always on the go. You're working Monday to Friday, sometimes the weekends and then just a sudden change to football where you have a lot of downtime and a lot of time to kill basically. Yeah. But look, who doesn't want to be a professional footballer at the end of the day and I couldn't say anything bad about it. Yeah. Did you, but did you think, you, <coughs> at what point in your career did you realise at Wexford actually full-time football now is possibly an option for me? Um, well, when I heard Shane got the Galway job and I knew they were full-time, I knew he... He had an interest in me. He obviously liked me because he brought me into Wexford and I thought I did well at Wexford so I was kind of hoping that he would bring me with him and eventually he called me and he did bring me with him so I'm, I'm grateful of that, yeah. The first kind of knowledge I had of Shane being a big fan of Lee was when, do you remember at the start of the podcast we did the you have to pick one player from, we did a thing last season where you had to pick your best 11 in the league but you could only pick one player from any given team which meant that there were 12 teams and you had to pick 11 teams and he picked you centre-back. He was the one Galway player he picked. And so I said, this Lee Grace lad must be quite good. And um, I, you, you just, you seem to have a very, you have a unique way of playing, I think, as well. You're kind of on the edge, like you, but you're comfortable on the ball as well. And you're, you're, you seem to be, um, you seem to be kind of like, a, you were rough diamond maybe where you came, when you came along, but just a lad that um, loved defending as well, I suppose. Yeah, look, I do love defending and I obviously love playing out with the ball as well. We're told that Rovers now to play with the ball. Even at Galway, I tried my best to play with the ball. Um, but yeah, at Rovers, we're told to play out so and I'm happy to do that. And as you said, I love defending as well. How did you find the adjustment to Shamrock Rovers from Galway? Yeah, look, it was a step up with no disrespect to Galway. Um, Rovers is obviously the biggest, if not one of the biggest clubs in the country. Just the setup itself with the academy and everything is just... 
it's just another level. It's just another level. And you're based out in you're based out and like it's your first time living in Dublin, I'm guessing, is it? And, yeah, first time, yeah. And you're based in Roadstone, is it yourself? Yeah, just across the road from the training pitch, there's seven or eight of us in the house. It's fairly packed, but it's a good crack. It's like a mansion, is it? Or what's uh, it's it? it's big now, in fairness, it's big. And who have you got in there then? From the <coughs> um myself, Ali Gilchrist, Ethan Boyle, um, Joel Coastrain, Kevin Horgan. I wanna forget anyone else, Sam Bowen. That's six, I think, including yourself. All seem to be nearly defenders as well. Our <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else is in there? Greg Bulger. And yeah, we have a goalkeeping coach in there as well. Yeah, it's a proper, it's a proper house. Like, oh, it's it's big and it can get uh, get a bit packed at, at times. Yeah, yeah. B- busy house parties. I mean, no, 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 none of, none of that, <laughs> none of that, no, no, no. <coughs> Just all all healthy food and all that in the glass. Yeah. Let's assess your time with Shamrock Rovers. I, I, think, I think you've made more mistakes this season than you'd like to have made. Or certainly in a couple of live <coughs> games, I thought you looked a little bit more... I, mean, I don't know, just maybe mistakes I didn't see you make a goal with, but is it just... You seem to have a different kind of defensive players, I suppose. I was making the point to Owen beforehand. You, you played with three different left-backs on Friday alone and a different centre-back who came on, obviously. Yeah. Um, how have you made the, what, what have you made of the season so far? Um, we're very honest in the show of course oh yeah obviously yeah. Um, no I did I'm at the meeting a few mistakes especially in the Bowls game and Friday obviously I was I was a big part in their second goal but um, I thought uh, other than them two games I've I've played relatively well and so have the back four we're after keeping two three clean sheets I think and only conceding a goal here and there in games so I think as a back four I know it's been chopping and changing with injuries and all but I think as a back four we're after actually playing pretty well what did you make of the sending off? Because it was a pivotal moment in the game. First tackle, look, he could have no complaints. It was a yellow. If not even, he could have got a red. Some refs might have gave a red. But the second one, some refs wouldn't have gave it. Some would. I thought he could have gave a free, but it was, look, it was total accidental. I mean, he clipped and some people are saying he clipped him with his hands on the way down. But he just put his hands out and his, obviously his hand hit his leg. But it was total accidental. And we were looking back on it the other day. He was actually two yards offside. But look, that doesn't change the fact that he was sent off. But he was offside anyway. I have to say, I, I thought Rovers played very, very well, all all told, and I've, I've just huge sympathy for Trevor Clark because um, he didn't go off straight away, obviously, and then I thought it might not be that bad because he, he thought he could play on maybe for a little bit, but uh, obviously the news wasn't good, and then Luke Burns' news was obviously a lot better because yeah. Lukey could even be, I think, available uh, at the weekend. But yeah, Trevor out for the season. Trevor's a huge blow. Yeah, yeah, massive blow. I mean, look, he's the best. He's the best left full in the league. Best. Best or not back uh, left full in the league. Sorry, um, slash left winger nearly slash like, yeah. left winger. Like going forward, he's just unbelievable. And even if he does get caught out the back, his pace he can just recover. So he's going to be a massive loss for us there. Did uh, how did you react to that when you when you figured it out? When did you realise was it the other night um, that the news came through? It was only yesterday. I think we mm. we all properly found out, and obviously everyone's devastated for him. He's only he's only nineteen twenty years of age and. His long career ahead of him, hopefully, just this is a, a little setback for him. Mm, mm. And you, you've got your home form right. I mean, your home form has been good. At, uh, you drew with Dundalk and you've won all the other games at home. It's just a couple of these away defeats. Uh, can you put, put your finger on why it is, or is it just individual issues in games, or do you need to become a bit tougher to beat away from home, really? Yeah, I think we just need to be a bit tougher away from home. Just as you said, it's just individual errors that are costing us. I mean, for 80 minutes of the game the other night, I thought we dominated the ball. We had a few chances, but <clears throat> a couple of individual mistakes just gifted them the game. What about um, you, you, you? We have to talk about Burke because he's seven goals this season um, already. Seven games in, I think, is it? Yeah, I think so. Dundalk okay. haven't conceded so at all. And Green Burke has, yeah, yeah. But uh, hey, Rovers have played eight games yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was actually very annoyed with RT's um, kind of the way they directed the replays on Friday night because uh, his goal was obviously amazing, but the. The touch and pass he did for um, in the second half for for Carr. For, for Carr. Oh, yeah. Now Carr just missed out on the ball. Yeah. But when they showed it back and Stewie Byrne was kind of like raving about it, they actually missed what he did initially. They just showed the pass. I just thought it was amazing skill. It was a ball for beaten Boyle across, and it didn't even touch the ground. First touch with his left leg and the pass with the right leg was unbelievable. What a player that, that, this lad is! Like he's unbelievable. Like you see him in training, he's putting them goals in every day. Like so. 
when he does it on Friday night, you're not really surprised. You're kind of expecting him to do it. Yeah, because we, we had James Chambers in, didn't we? It was over Christmas. And <clears throat> I think he'd played five aside with Burke or something. That's right, yeah. And he basically said that like, Chambers obviously played with Quigley, Mark Quigley, and some of the, the best talents you know, in the league in the last 10 years. And he felt Burke's was up there just in terms of his just his touches and stuff in training which I assume is something you must see because you occasionally have some pretty good training sessions if McPhail and Bradley and other people join in and but Damien Duff Duff yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a couple of you just only, few, only, yeah. only tougher um, and you've had Robbie Keane you would have had Robbie Keane there Robbie. maybe not in your time with no Robbie yeah when I first came in he was there every, yeah. every week yeah. but Burke seems like he can in terms of the touches and stuff can rival any of them oh, he can like when, once he's on the ball it's it's near impossible to get the ball off him because he can just turn and turn and turn and just can't get near him. And his range of passing, you don't see that enough on a Friday night, but his range of passing is unbelievable as well. Yeah, because it must be a great asset when you're, you're on the ball, you look up and you see he's there, that he can make something happen. That's it, he's always, you don't see that enough of it as well on a Friday night. He's always in space. He's never never marked because you can't get near him. He's always in space, so it makes our job easier stepping out as a defender. Mm. You had a slow start last year. I know you weren't there at the time, but is it a bit more encouraging that teams are dropping points? I mean, Cork and the Dog have dropped points this year. That even if you've the defeats that you've had, you're still very much in the shake-up. This yeah, stage. I don't think I don't think Cork or the Dog are going to run away with it like Cork did last year. It's it's a lot tighter league this year. I think the teams in it this year are a bit better than what was in it last year. Um, and I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. I think it's going to be it's going to go all the way to the end. You, 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 you were mentioning the players you brought in. Sam Bowen looks a player that um, obviously he's had real difficult illness in the past. And uh, two things that strike me about him, just his physique, how big he is and just how comfortable he is on the ball. He looks a real prospect. Yeah. We may now get more of a run the games in as well. No, he's done well. He's he's played in the six when Greg got injured and he's he's done unbelievably well, I thought. So it was, it's a tough decision for the gaffer when Greg came back to, to drop him. But look, that's, that's the joy of having a big squad and mm. good players in the squad. But... He's done unbelievably well and his range of passing as well. You don't see that enough either. His range of passing off either leg is unbelievable. Are you realistic title contenders, do you think? I think we are if we just cut out the individual mistakes. Like, I mean, we're after dominating a lot of the games we played in. It's just the mistakes, our own mistakes, giving up goals. I think if we can cut that down, we'd be very, very close. Yeah. Mm. And in fairness, when you have been good this season, you've been very good, um, notably against Derry and uh, in patches, I suppose, Friday night as well. Like... Yeah, I mean, as I said, 80 minutes of the game, we, we dominated the ball even with 10 men. So, I mean, that's what we can do. I mean, if we kept 11 people on the pitch and cut down our mistakes, I think we could have went down and won the game. But obviously it wasn't to be and Waterford dug out the result. Do you get a sense of when you're at Shamrock Grove just how big a club it is and the big sort of future that the club has with the round zone and all the youths? Yeah, it is a massive club. I mean... The pressure every Friday night, you, you can just feel it. You, you kind of have to go out and you have to win. That's what people are expecting. And look, either players perform with that pressure or they just crumble. Mm. And me, me personally, I love that kind of pressure and you need to love that kind of pressure. Where, where do you want to go in, with your career? Have you aspirations to uh, follow the, the uh, I suppose, uh, many, many Irish players who have gone to England? Look, I'd love to go to England. I mean, who wouldn't? That's... That's where everyone wants to wants to be, really. Um, look, I just keep playing my football, put my head down, and hopefully, hopefully that's good enough to get me across. How do you improve? Um, no improvement. No, no, no. no there there is improvements. Everyone can improve. Um, just mistakes. I mean, sometimes the gaffer tells me he knows I can play ball, but sometimes I have to just defend and just get rid of the ball. I mean, Friday night I should have got rid of the ball. I didn't, and we conceded. So if I can just cut them little mistakes out. Yeah, because mm. it must be, I think, and I remember the manager, Stephen Bradley, speaking about when he signed you, just the fact that you'd come to full-time late, that you haven't had that maybe level of coaching coming through mm. that some other players would have had like for all the way up. So is there? do you feel like yourself that you are still learning the game in some ways? I'm definitely still learning. I mean, I didn't get into any underage setups ever. I mean, even with Waterford, the Waterford underage teams, I never made any of them. I was always too small. I only started growing when I was about 16, so right. I was always too small. This is the other thing Shane said. Yeah, you actually grew very, very late in terms of, you were quite, uh, you just mushroomed more or less. Yeah, I was tiny. Mm. <laughs> My nickname when I was younger, my friends was Little Legs Lee. So Little that, Legs Lee? Little Legs Lee, that'll tell you. So oh. um, I didn't Name spring. of a horse, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the most intimidating nickname. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I didn't start growing until I was about 16, and then 
I got into the under eighteen Waterford setup. Not the Waterford United, just like the interleague one. Right. Um, and that was kind of the start of me getting into teams. Yeah. Yeah. So like, any of the lads you played with growing up that like called you little legs league? Are they? Are any of them involved in football now? Or no, they played junior in Waterford, but none of them are. No, none of them. So are you've Watford. outperformed them all. Like, uh, yeah, you? yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I suppose your your most local club, Waterford United, they're making huge strides at the moment, and you must have been impressed with them Friday night Waterford as well. FC. Yeah, Waterford FC, FC rather. FC. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, look, they're after getting a new owner, and he's after he's after throwing a lot at it. And yeah, as you said, they have to come on strides. I mean, they're they're up now. Third, are they? Third are challenging like straight away, and I thought they would with the signings they made, and that, with the money they're throwing at it, but um. No, even the crowds they get every every Friday night, they're getting over a thousand every... What was the atmosphere like Friday night? Yeah, it was good, very mm. good. Our fans obviously bring a good crowd to every game, away game, but their crowd was fairly lively as well. Where can the League of Ireland improve, actually, from your short uh, spell of being there? Are the things that it can improve on um, in terms of facilities for players, pitches, um, underage, any, anything you've picked up along the way? Some facilities, yeah, I won't name them now, but some facilities need need upgrading definitely. Um, since I've started, the social media has come on a lot with all the podcasts now are going on, and every every club now seems to have a social media site. So I think that's after coming on a lot as well. But for me, definitely the grounds and the facilities can can improve. Is there is mm. there much awareness back in in Carrick of what you're doing? You know, because it wouldn't necessarily be a hotbed of sort of no and stuff. Um, I know in fairness, there is me old junior club now are after setting up like a an Instagram account and they they mention me every now and again on a Friday night when I'm playing so yeah because League of Ireland is something I'm guessing you weren't too aware of growing up was it I mean no I never to be honest I never even heard of it until I, I was 18, 19 because no one ever was looking for me or anything like that so it's all new to me yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a big problem in the league it's just you have these black holes like we'll say for example Kerry uh, Mayo Tipperary, these big places that have just you know no club. Th- there's no no club. But and this is the problem that you you, mm, you want people to have Monaghan, Cavan, you know, and and it's not natural for someone from Tip say to support Waterford With the GA. In, in anything you know, yeah, or it's the, not natural yeah, for yeah. someone from Kerry to suddenly put on a Cork jersey, you know, mm. and, and make them their club. And I think this is someone from Mayo is not going to want to go to to Galway and. Put on a sort of maroon jersey and, and cheer and, them and on. And funnily enough, Galway United have a lot of Mayo fans. I'm sure they because do. They've no, you know, they've that's no just, support, they've no one else like, yeah. and lots of Mayo players. But uh, I definitely think it's something. If if you look at at loan the way at loan are at the moment, I think like the FEI should really be pursuing like looking for more clubs to join the league as best they can. I know it's a huge outlay, but uh, you had Turles back in the day. Obviously, there's been talk of Tralee Dynamos down the years. Like, yeah. um, I think it'd be great anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, there's counties there with great players in them they're just not getting picked up mm. um, and they're just obviously as they get older then they're just like I'm never going to get picked up so they just go on to some other sport or just give up altogether so I think it's it is something they could improve on and yeah mm. yeah because do you think there's guys you might have played against when you were younger that would have had the ability if they'd got into a setup at an earlier age yeah I think like when you're young you need to get into a setup that's as professional as it can be because if you're not you're in against or you're in playing with players that are look they're not at the standard you're at mm. and you're just getting sick of it and people are not acting professional and all that and then you just lose interest and there is players being lost like that yeah in terms of playing for Rovers who's the club that you're most <coughs> when you play them you're like I really want to beat these guys there's a big rivalry between Cork and Dundalk who, who are your main rivals at the moment uh, you've had a bit of a history with Cork but then obviously there's Dundalk as well and then there are Bowes you know. I think I think Dundalk and Bowes for me Personally, especially now because Bowles bet us the start of the season, I think we own one, but mm. Dundalk obviously because they're challenging and we're, we're trying to challenge as well, yeah. You must be looking forward to playing in Europe. <coughs> I um, can't wait. Using your Brazilian type coming out with the ball <laughs> um, against uh, continental opposition. Yeah, but you I must have, be buzzing for that. I can't wait for it. The boys were just telling me about it from last year because obviously I joined after that was over, but the boys were telling me just the travelling and just the places you play at and the teams you're playing against, it's, it's unbelievable. So yeah, I can't wait for it. How long are you going to hold on to Graham Burke? Well, hopefully for the rest of this season anyway. So, um, no, look, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I'd be very surprised if someone doesn't pick him up in the summer, but um, hopefully not. Hopefully he keeps playing the way he's playing and no one picks him up. <laughs> yeah. You won't like me saying that, but... Yeah. Let's, let's well, move let's, on to this, week, this yeah, weekend's game, Johnny. Sligo Rovers at home, and in fairness to Sligo, Dan, um, 
not a great start really uh, no we should mention I got 4-2 in the predictions last week as well so we're now level overall here in this, this reminds me of Father Ted where it's like you know you've the really depressed priest and he's like you know um, uh, he goes Father Stone don't, don't, no um, remember Tommy Tiernan oh yeah, yeah what was his name um, I think yeah so um, Kevin and he goes Kevin, don't, don't worry about that money. It was fine. And he goes, I think it was a 10 or it was 20. <laughs> nip it in the butt. So we're on the WhatsApp last night and Dan, like at half 10, 11 o'clock, made a point of saying, actually, no, that wasn't the prediction score last week. I got one extra that you didn't count there. Made a yeah. big deal of it, like this big rivalry. <laughs> Just like, competitive spirit. Very competitive. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I have to say that I'm a little bit disappointed with Sligo, actually. Because I, 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 they've had a lot of home games. Now, admittedly, somewhat difficult home games, but... Uh, seven did, points from seven. It did look like they made chances against Dundalk, mm. though. I know this Dundalk record is great, but they actually looked they, like they, they, gave, they gave away more chances in that game than they might have in. in they, they, but matches. the chances were Dundalk mistakes, actually, by Cleary and Benson that I saw. But um, Lisa, this is a big game for you, and um, you want to get back on the the winning trip. Like you've you've thirteen points from eight, which isn't bad at all. Like, so you, a couple of wins and you're right back up. You're only three points off the top at the moment. Like, yeah, we're not too far off, and as Dan said, we're after. Our home form is good, so hopefully Friday it continues with another win, yeah. Playing Morgan, ex-Liverpool? Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm after hearing things about him now, so I'm looking forward to the challenge against him, yeah. Who do you like playing, a big lad or a nippy lad, or, or does it bother you? It doesn't really bother me, because I like, like, obviously the nippy lads like running in behind, but I don't mind actually running in behind, so I, I don't really mind. Well, like you mentioned, the, <coughs> in terms of individual battles with players that are either in the league or have left the league, who do you enjoy playing against? Um, who, to, or who have you had a, a few battles with I actually enjoy playing against Shawnee McGuire um, he got the better of me a lot of times but I like playing against him it was a good physical battle as well because he is strong he, although he doesn't look it um, Patrick Hoban was a nice one as well at the start of the season so as a few players look they like a, an old physical battle and I like that as well yeah what, what type of challenge was was <coughs> playing against Maguire like what, what's in your head you know what how do you sort of I mean do you, do you anticipate his movements or does he surprise you or what ah, he like? does he surprises you because you don't know what he's going to do he can he can take it to feet lay it off run in behind hold the ball up he's actually very good in the air even though he's small yeah so yeah, he, he surprised you. He's very, very, very good. Is it encouraging for everyone in the league that you're you're playing against him in very recent memory, and then you see he's playing for Ireland now? You see him doing what he's doing. Yeah, well, look, it gives hope to the lads that that have the ability and and want to do that as well. Like, um, it's mad you, you played against him like four or five months ago. Next minute he's playing with Ireland and he's banging in goals in the championship. So it's it's crazy how quick it can it can change. If you were to move to England, would there be a, a base level where you're like, this is too low for me, say if a League 2 club came in? Is, it's one thing that's kind of, I think, maybe great with League of Ireland officials when, when lads leave for... Uh, I, I actually find it quite logical because, you know, you're still going to England, but like, is, would, you, would you think twice if you were offered a, a lower club? I think, for myself, I think League 1. Minimum. Would, yeah, I think mm. League 1 because... Premier League would be okay, like yeah, it'd be all right. Yeah, so, yeah. I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, league One would be your yeah. I think League One. Yeah, I don't think. I think League Two. I think the standard over here is just as good or better than League Two. Mm. I haven't obviously. I don't watch much of League Two, but just from what I heard, so I think League One. Yeah, be the cough. Uh, right, so Sligo obviously Friday night, and you're going to have to make changes at the back. Your your back four, it looks like Bradley's still kind of looking for the best kind of four to put together. I suppose. Yeah, we're after. Chopping changing a lot, but that's down to injuries as well. And obviously, we've a lot of Friday Monday games, so he's trying to mm. rotate as well and keep everyone fresh. Um, obviously now Trevor injured, I think Lukey is going to be all right. So I don't know what kind of back four is going to be out this Friday, but a clean sheet is what we'll be looking for. You've got Sean Cavanagh as well. Very, I mean, he's actually played left back a bit. Just what's he been like? Because he's a, I mean, he's, he's got a great good. sort of pedigree. His yeah. technical ability is unbelievable. His range of passing, his first touch, his his vision. I mean, I thought we were assigning him as a left full, but he's been playing left wing, right wing. He can even play in the middle. He's, he's, yeah, he's very good. I think that's, uh, that's it for uh, our second guest, Lee. And before you go, um, we should make, wish you the best for the rest of the season. Looking forward to seeing you in Europe. Um, don't really forgive you for leaving Galway United. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's what it is. Uh, you might someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, playing against Galway and Rovers next season. But thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for having me, boys. Cheers, Lee. Cheers. And the fixtures Friday night will actually start with the first division Athlone against Finn Harps, Cabin Teeley against Drogheda, Cove Ramblers against UCD, and the game of the round will definitely be Galway against Longford and Wexford against Shells uh, at 8 o'clock. Mm, I fancy Harps to win in that loan, yeah. 
<sighs> yeah, Jesus. At loan, uh, at loan, have yeah. used about the guts of thirty players. I think this season. Uh, I think it's an absolute shambles. What's going on there? Uh, Maybe you have to put them all out at once to might get a result. That's that's it, probably a push as well. Um, and we just go through the Premier Division fixtures now. Um, Derry City against St Patrick's, which is live. I'm actually. I think I'll be going to Bray, but I, I reckon if you're at home, this is going to be a really enjoyable game to watch. Um, the Brandywell looks to be in a great shape at the moment as well. Bray against Cork City, Dundalk against Bowes, Limerick versus Watford, and as we mentioned, the Battle of the Rovers. Uh, Shamrock, as they would call them in England, and Sligo. Uh, Sligo would call Rovers Shams, of course. Mm. Now, let's just clarify this. We're 7 all, um, tied at 7, as they would say in the States. Yeah, but it doesn't seem that great when there's been a lot of games this season, isn't there? Yeah, We've got 7 all. They yeah. missed, missed two rounds. All right, okay. Derry, I was trying to save us there, but actually our predictions overall have been brutal. Derry against Pats, Dan. Um, yeah, because I think this is. Uh, I think some of the predictions this week might be obvious enough, but I think this is probably the hardest game to call. I'd say of the week um, because Der- you're trying to figure out. Okay, Derry's home form has been uh, has been great, but they did they did play Bray and Limerick to get their season going. Um, after a difficult start, so they've won a, they've won away to Bowes, lost every other game. Like they haven't basically, they've beaten the teams that are below them in the table, and anyone that's above them, they've they've struggled. So I think it's hard to be fully confident that Derry have got things clicking. Maybe they've got confidence from those wins, but um, you're you're still wondering as after see Aganovic has left the club there during the week. Uh, who 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 was there, and he's he's left pretty sharpish so um so it seems there's been a mixed bag in terms of how some of the signings have fared pats have as we've mentioned previously almost gone to the point of being almost too solid <laughs> you know they've become uh they've they've made, taken a different personality in terms of uh being difficult to break down and i think they're probably capable of going to Derry and and getting a draw i think yeah, uh, I'll go for an away win. An away win, yeah. You're completely abandoned, Derry. Your your boys. Uh, this game could obviously this game could go anyway. Really, I, I don't I don't know what to make of Derry. I mean, Bray, I just think it's the jury's out in Derry very much. Bray, Bray were so bad against them. Now Bray have picked up a little bit. They played. They seem to play well against Bowes, but I mean they were down to ten men and they conceded four goals after that. Um, away win. Derry have a lot of talent, but I, I agree with you on Pats. They're just they're not really conceding goals and and. Uh, just again, I, I think Fagan didn't play last week. I'm not sure. Fagan, yeah. yeah, so Keegan started. That's the issue. They've issues up front, but good, good side pats, actually. Um, Bray against Cork. It, it no. did seem like Bray played better against Bowes, and there probably are, like, you know, they still have experienced players there. They're going to get a result at some stage to get them going. I just find it hard to believe that this will be the match that they, that they would do it. I think it would be cataclysmic for Cork to drop points away to Bray. Um, Dan, how, how have they scored only four goals? Like, you know, you look at players like um, McCabe, who's who's been in sort of... No, McCabe and Green and... Particularly, and Green has had a very quiet season by the looks mm. of it so far. To me, it's not it's not functioning at Bray, notwithstanding their defensive difficulties. Yeah, I mean, it did seem like they played much better away to Bowles mm. on Friday. And you, and you hope for their sake there's some kind of upturn coming because it will be a bit of a shambles of a season if you have one club completely cut adrift. Okay, I know there's a playoff place that the others could be battling to avoid, but... Um, you know their crowds are going to be absolutely horrendous. Uh, they're going to drag everyone else's averages down mm. if, they, if they're already completely are. gone. They already are doing a good job mm. of it, and it's going to get worse. I mean, in the long run, they're probably the club. Uh, you know, you would miss the, the least, but but still, uh, you want them to be competitive, and they need to get a result. I don't think it's going to be here though. I think I McCork mean, didn't didn't play obviously with the, the their game against Derry being off due to international call up, so Cork will be fresh. It's not as if the fatigue of games is going to be troubling them. So. Yeah, I think it's all there for Cork to go and win. Now, Dundalk against you Bowes. Agree, you're agreeing. Sorry, yeah, yeah, way win there. Dundalk against Bowes. Um, j- just to mention, the boy Owen had a couple of stats as well. Uh, Pats actually haven't lost in Derry since 2012. Four wins and four draws from eight. And the stat from this is uh, th- just the goals conceded after seven games. Um, this is Dundalk. None this season. Seven last season. Four in 2016 one in 2015 well, 2015 although 2016 was the european year i think 2015 was their most dominant year mm. domestically when um that was richie towels sort of 30 goal year or whatever however many he scored and it was a double winning year as well and they they really bossed things that year and i, I think there's there's positive signs as much as they gave chances away 
Um, I was looking, they did a squad photo yesterday, Dundalk, and I think I think I counted like 24 players. Um, okay, there was three keepers, but in terms of outfield players, you're not, you're, there's not a bad player there, really. There's the likes of Sam Byrne, uh, who's come back from Everton, scored a few goals in a friendly. Um, a couple of the overseas lads maybe have question marks over them, but the likes of Pointing, people aren't, like, there's going to be three or four player, good players not on the bench. You know, every week when Incredible the, squad they're all, but the Mountain is back and O'Donnell mm. is back, um, and I think um, there there are signs that things are clicking. They just need to start scoring. I mean, Bows are Bows won there last year, and Bows are capable of of sitting in and causing them problems. Um, but at the same time, Bows have have conceded quite a few goals this year, and uh, they mightn't have the solidity they have last year. And I find it hard to see anything other than than a dark win here. You're 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 expecting. Uh, Dundalk to win the game and you're expecting they may well do that by not conceding again right and then they're one game off going through the first round of fixtures without conceding a single goal which I think would be an incredible achievement they've played every team and not conceded a goal Yeah, it's if, and it's very very close and I think the Dundalk uh, defence and, and Gary Rogers and has Rogers, over yeah. 500 appearances now. Yeah, Rogers, Listen, like, who, who has had shaky spells in the last mm. couple of years, but I think he's playing as well now as he has in a, in a long time. Yeah. He's making big saves and he's commanding his area in games too. I, I, I feel I feel clear he's been a great addition and, and obviously they've Gartland to come back. But again, with the proviso, I wouldn't be amazed if Bose got a goal or, or shocked them there. Going to go with the home window anyway. And Dundalk then to uh, close the gap, I suppose, in Cork, who we're expecting to win as well. Limerick Waterford. This is an interesting one, Dan. Like Limerick, you know, Barrett has them quite solid in the sense that they've conceded 17, but apart from, you know, that the couple of mad games, they've actually been tight enough at the back. But their four goals is, is very, very poor. Yeah. Um and obviously the pitch is going to be a bit of a leveller here. If there's going to be a surprise this week, I think I think Waterford now have to deal with a certain expectation, which is now to almost go and win these games. You know, like although Waterford are the new team, but they are certainly they're they're much better resource than than Limerick. And now that they're up there challenging, it's a certain pressure they have to deal with to actually to go in here and efficiently win. I mean, they did it in Sligo, albeit with a 90 minute goal. But I could see Limerick maybe getting a result here because the one thing okay Dufus has done very well Akinati hasn't quite ignited uh, and there have been times where you know Waterford have been very competitive in games um, but they've still only scored nine goals you know mm. they've still nine goals in seven games and I just think if it's a difficult pitch and it's hard to play on um, I could see this game almost being a bit of a stalemate and a, a draw in the, the, the consequence I'm actually my lock of the week is Watford here I, I really like the Watford team I think they're a lot better than Limerick despite the leveller as you mentioned of the pitch I so can see the point but it's a, they could be frustrated but yeah. um, Rovers v Rovers I, I was looking at the odds earlier in the week Sligo were sort of 10 to 1 um, that's mad I think that's very big now it's, I think it's gone now but in any event I've we, we do get the odd text every week though that you seem to Go against Rovers every week. No, well, I, I actually didn't um, go. I think last week I either tipped them to draw or, or either nick a win. I, I, I actually thought Rovers were excellent in Watford, considering. I, I, you know, to be down to 10 men so early, and what some people would say harshly, um, the chances they created, uh, there's a lot, they've, they've a lot of positives in that team. Um, and I've massive sympathy for them with the, the Clark situation because so much went wrong in that game. Which, which really they didn't, they didn't deserve. Yeah. And I, and I just mentioned if, if for Trevor Clark, um, I really, really hope um, that he comes back just uh, as soon as possible because I think he's such a terrific talent, massive fan of him, and um, I'm, I was just delighted that our former guest Luke Byrne, his injury wasn't serious, which looked like it might be as well. Yeah. Um, now on the on the on the flip side, Sligo, it's hard to know what to make of them. They're they're they've been good and bad, I suppose. Yeah, well, they've had so many home games as well, mm. and yet their points total is pretty low. So, um, I mean, they got the win in Bray, which is huge. If it wasn't for that, they'd be, you know, we'd be having a different discussion about that's sort of a very good point where, where, yeah. where they're set. Um, I, I mean, I think the one thing about Rovers is, and losing Clark is a huge blow, um, and certainly the energy, like he missed the first couple of games of the season with suspension, then the energy he brings when he's there, um, it's going to be hard to. Re- to replace it but they do have a squad that probably can replace them to a degree I mean we mentioned Luke we mentioned the fact that Sean Cavanagh can play there um, they do have a bit of depth and a bit of quality there um, and you know they were killed last year by Graham Burke getting injured at a bad time and I mean they, they, they can't withstand another you know comparable setback for Clark to another big player but 
they can maybe cope by losing one. Um, but uh, I do fancy them to win this game because, uh, again, just I think Sligo look like they'll give you chances. I mean, they conceded mm. bad goals against Dundalk. Um, they conceded 13-7 and seven when they played a lot of games at home. And uh, Rovers will score. Rovers are actually the highest scorers. Now, I know the, the Bray game, you know, the, the, you know, the Derry that's game, sorry, weeks, yeah. that, that's, that skews it a bit. But they, at home, they, they are able to cut teams open and they have quality. Um, you can debate whether they have the outstanding striker, that central striker, um, but they, they have sort of players around midfield who can chip in with goals too. I think they'll be, they'll be sore after last week and I think you'll probably get a response from them to, to get to three points here. They have 12 wins and four draws from their last 18 games at home, which is fair achievements. Um, I think Rovers' biggest issues at the moment for me are in goal, up front, and trying to get the best out of Ronan Finn, actually. Well, I just think their issue is that they need to, they just need to become harder. We touched on it a bit with Lee, to become harder to beat. Like they've, again, they've lost three games. They lost so many games last year. Mm. Like they need to become a team that can go to Cork. Um, okay, Waterford with difficult circumstances, that bows, and just get a scabby point, you know, just, 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 just make it a bit of a grueler yeah. and with 20 minutes to go just just do what they have to do it seems like when they make mistakes they get punished to the maximum they've, they've had uh, two red cards in the last two but I don't think it's going back to last season because I think the Gilchrist one was a bit of a freak and generally discipline wise yeah no better. it's just it's just they need to scrape results like the other clubs can you know mm. when they play badly Cork and Dock are still getting results it seems that when Rovers have a bit of a blip they lose and and that's what absolutely I mean they, they lost more games last year yeah. than than relegation threatened teams. So they can't win their way out of trouble. They need to sort of make themselves a bit more resolute away. But I think at home they're getting the hang of it and they sh- they should win. I, I'm with the home win as well. So we're fairly much in harmony um for right, so I think we have a bit of difference yeah. in Derry Pats and Limerick Waterford, don't we? So Yeah, and so. um just to touch very briefly in the first vision, I, I actually said this, I watched uh uh, Soccer Republic with, at my buddy Julian Canney's house at the weekend uh, Monday night rather Drogheda UCD Galway Longford Harps are at the top five and I think that's exactly how the top five might finish at the end you of the think? season with I that five yeah. Shells could be up there too Shells will be the, the only flying behind scoring a few goals and co- I don't know yeah. I think that division is going to I think it's going to be fascinating I know Absolutely. I know we, we don't focus on it enough but I think once it develops and takes a bit of shape I think uh, there's going to be a bit like the Premier Division last year, I think when you get towards the end of the first division, every game is going to have something on it. Yeah. Which was the best thing about the Premier Division last year. Every yeah. every round of fixtures, every game mattered. I think you're going to get towards that. At the um, playoffs is a great initiative. Like yeah. As I said, my only issue is the, t- the two-legged games, but I, I really reinvigorate the first division. And that was uh, episode two, seven rather of season two. Uh, thanks very much to Connor and Lee for coming in. Lee is on his way back um, for the night now at home in Carrick on Shore. And Connor is on his way to train probably training right now with a view to coming back from his six month ban and it'll be great to see him back in the league remains a fine prospect um, Dan enjoy New York uh, will, sir. you'll be refreshed Turkey New York yeah it's all happening what next what next Tala Tala um, and just reminded of California there forgotten about yeah. that show yeah it was uh, it was crap it was very bad <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll see you for episode 8 next week when we will be asking if Dundalk potentially can get through the entire first round of games without conceding a goal. Yeah.